You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. James Fox, Loop Sports, on the phone. The winter meetings are over, James. Nothing but excitement, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good time. I'm sure everybody was refreshing their their phones and Twitter just like I was, like every five seconds to see pretty much nothing happen, except for Yvonne Nova. So, you know. My 13-year-old told me I'm on my phone too much, and she's always on her phone. Because all I do is yeah. I just refresh Twitter, search White Sox on Google News, go and look up such and such check you i mean i mean and i'm just like at some point somebody's gonna say something and then some idiot who just opened up a twitter five days ago writes something like guaranteed harper's confirmed to the white Sox," and i want to kill those people i want to find them all i want to round them up and i want to tie like a rock to their legs and i want to throw them off a pier yeah the the, uh the mute button is good for those people yeah yeah i guess i guess mute button i just i just answer with twitter mute button is good yeah and now and now just before you called i was all ready i was all ready to talk to you and uh, um, I'm doing a little one awaiting, a little shout out to those guys. Um, and uh, my beer exploded on me. Ooh. You know, I got a, I got a beer fridge back here, and I got one of the, the bottle openers that's attached right to the bar. You know, it's one of those things that you see. You know, you just just put it right up in there and just pop right, the top right, off. Yeah, yeah. And and for some reason, the one that was sitting in there must have I don't know what's wrong. Some I'll have to have some kind of beer expert come in here explain to me why that's the only bottle that exploded tonight because it's not my first right. one, but it just shot everywhere. Did you? Did you- did you talk to Sox nerd yet or no? Because he could probably figure it out, I would think. Uh, you know what? He, he's going to be on in a second. Uh, maybe I'll remember to ask yeah. him that. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he'd break down <laughs> yeah. the statistics on that and tell me which ball player in a White Sox uh, clubhouse had more beer spilled on him than any other ball player. All right, so what do you think of these guys? We got uh, we got Nova. I mean, he's really he's the he's the big guy. Uh, what do you, what do you think right. about that acquisition? Because I don't think they gave up anything. I think that was I think it was brilliant because you give up nothing, you get a replacement for Shields. I think he's probably a little bit better than Shields. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think they didn't give up much. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't strike out really many people, but he doesn't walk anybody, which is something that they need. They need a guy that's going to go six or seven innings consistently. I mean, they kind of needed James like a better version of James Shields. I mean, he comes highly regarded, I guess, in the clubhouse. He's like interested in working with some of the young guys. Um, you know, it's 9 million bucks. That's about what a guy like him costs. I think, uh, you know, we kind of talked about this, I think a month ago or whenever the last time that I talked to you is we kind of, I kind of thought that their first move would be just like some veteran inning leader. Um, I thought they might sign the guy, but you know, after seeing like Lance Lynn signed for like three years, 30 million, that was like one of the guys who I would have been interested in, but I, I just, I don't think the Sox are in position right now to hand out three-year contracts to pitchers like that. So you know, you kind of you kind of see a trend. They go out in the market. They realize this is probably the better move. They'd rather give up no prospects and pay a guy for one season. It was kind of like the same thing with the Colome deal. I mean, I'm sure they're out in the relief market right now, but you see these guys getting three and four year deals. I mean, go get a you know a guy that's pretty proven in Colome on a two year deal. So that's kind of the ballpark they're working with, I think, until their uh a lot of their pitching inventory gets up in the next 18 months here they gotta they gotta find out what they have they gotta find out what they have and what they're you know gonna keep going forward what they're gonna get rid of and then what they're gonna need they're getting used a little bit they're they're, everybody knows they have money 
everybody knows that they're contending for for Harper and Machado. So I think that every time they just go, hey, we just want to just find out where this pitcher is. They're instantly put out on Twitter as interested. And then it's like the guy gets signed. Like Yuri's Familia got signed at 2 a.m. the other night after the White Sox have been reportedly interested in him at 11 p.m. Somebody was like, you know what? We got to get him before morning because the Sox might get him. And some of these guys are getting really good deals and they don't make sense for the White Sox because you're you're not interested in 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 some of these guys for that kind of money at this point. And I, I think that they're getting used a little bit. Yeah, no, they are for sure. But they always do because they don't comment on rumors. But it, it, it's easier now. I mean, Sox and Phillies especially. You know, it's like, oh, my clients, uh, you know, got interest from – from those teams and, and you know like interested could mean checked in like I'm sure the Sox called your Samilia's agent and said hey you know yeah we might be interested in doing something but I mean you know you start talking about three years that's where it ends but then it leaks out to a reporter that the Sox are interested it's kind of like the same thing like they're interested in Adam Adovino right now who you know had a bit of a breakout season in Colorado he's really good but I don't think the Sox are going to give multi-year deal to 32 year old relievers so they called me the other day and uh I I, I put it out there and uh since then I've had yeah. three, I've had three offers you know but I mean yeah. who who really wants to play for the Rays I I, I don't I'm not I'm not they're gonna they're all of a sudden I'll just be stuck in a shift they'll use me as a platoon player I'm I'm not interested in it yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so what do you think of my theory? And I kind of floated this, but uh, it's becoming even more clear as the winter meetings continue. But earlier in the week, we mentioned on our regular show, this is kind of our extra one to, to kind of wrap things up. I mentioned that I think what the sacks are going to do is they, they're not going to get into bidding wars with, with teams because they're not, they're not at that stage yet. Rick Hahn's really looking this, at this as year three of a three-year rebuild. Yeah, I'll go after the big fish like a Harper or Machado, but you're not going to see me going after some of these mid-level guys. If, if a guy gets mentioned and there's three teams after him and he wants money that I'm not willing to spend or years that I'm not willing to give, we'll just wait and we'll get the leftovers in February. Yeah, I think that's right on. And I, and I do think, look, like this is serious. And, I, you know, I tried telling people that I thought they were serious this time, even though, you know, I'm still a White Sox fan. Like there's part of the skepticism I understand, but I mean, for the last two, two years, they've been telling you like, this was the plan. They were going to do this. Now, my thing was, were, were these two top free agents going to be interested in the Chicago White Sox? I didn't know. I mean, my, my standard was basically, you know, when, when the table gets set, you know, like, are you going to have a seat at it? You know, like, are there going to be guys coming in for meetings and watching presentations with four teams? Like, you better be one of those four teams and you better have, like, the highest or close to the highest offer. If somebody else chooses, if one of these guys chooses to go elsewhere, well, then, I mean, I don't really think there's much you can do about that. I don't think you can blame ownership if Bryce Harper decides to take less money to go to the Los Angeles Dodgers instead. But I will tell you, I think, I think the Sox are in pretty good shape here better shape than than I would have said, you know, 10 to 14 days ago. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Dave Marin's on the line. He goes by at Socks Nerd on Twitter. A lot of you people follow him. He also sits in the scoreboard during the year and puts up all those great stats for everybody to see during the games. And... He likes to try his stats out every once in a while on the Socks in the Basement podcast, along with Twitter. Yes, sir. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Great, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. What did you think of those winter meetings? Well, it was just a lot of uh, hurry up and wait. You know, you get there with all the rumors and hoopla, 
And basically what you end up with is Nova and a Rule 5 guy that you trade away. All right, so let's talk about these guys that we got. Uh, Ivan Nova. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you got interesting on him that we picked up? I like the deal. I like the fact that you pretty much gave up nothing to get a guy that's better than James Shields because he gives up yep. less walks and he can get really streaky. And I, I love that his whip is more below 1.30 than above it like Shields has been over the last couple of years. What can you tell me about him? Well, they're getting a workhorse. And in doing some digging on him, I found out that he's pitched at least 161 innings in each of the last three seasons, and it's been a while since the Sox have had a right-hander do that. And that right-hander's name was Gavin Floyd from 2008 to 2012. All right. So this guy's going to sop up some innings, which is, I guess, what they got him to do. Um, how about – I'll give you a negative one that probably won't make the scoreboard. Uh, the guy committed five errors last year which is a lot for <laughs> five errors by a pitcher. It's there. Right. Uh, you know, that's just one of those things where I'm going through it. You know, I'm looking at his stats and that, you know, that, that number really sticks out. Uh, the last pitcher that had that many for the Sox was Jose Contreras, who had a league leading six in 2007. And Nova did lead the national league in errors, by the way. So, uh, I guess on those comebackers, you kind of that'll be kind of a a little bit of an adventure. Yeah, but think about it. Like think about how like every time that it kind of bounces off a glove real quick, they don't give an error all the time for that. You know, no, like they don't. Otherwise, pitchers would have them all the time. So he's like he's got to be screwing up things like throwing the first base. Yeah, or maybe that step throw on those comebackers. He's not real good. You know, because there's some, there's some guys who have a mental block about throwing to first. John Lester being one of them, right? So. Hopefully that. Hopefully we don't find that out, right? Hopefully he's fine. So I, I love the fact that you're like that's not making the scoreboard. <laughs> no, that, that is not. Um, here's one thing that really stood out to me about him is his career in June, 14 and six with a 3.28 ERA in 28 games, 27 starts. I mean, that that was like on his splits, man. That was so different than everything else, and and I I don't know why that is. I'm sure someone will ask him. But June is really a good month for him. And uh, the other thing that was good about that was um, I'm feeling pretty good about Nova facing the Cubs because they face him in June where he thrives, but he's also 4-2 with a 3.97 ERA in eight starts against the Cubs and 3-1 and at Wrigley Field. And his interleague record is 11-5 and with a 3.21 ERA. So there, there's kind of a – there's kind of some – Real good stuff in there in the middle um, of June. I, I really like that. And then some of the, I, I know people don't like, some people don't like to get hung up on the Cubs, but he's really dominated some of the Cubs' better hitters. Bryant, 167. Baez, 211. Uh, Zobrist, he's faced Zobrist 38 times, and Zobrist is only hitting 158 against them. Uh, Russell, 231. Schwarber, 231. Um, Half is four for 22, but he's hit three homers off them. So against the Cubs, you know, that could be a real interesting matchup um, come June. You know what I like about that? I like about the fact that he's a one-year deal. He slides mm -hmm. right in there to fill a role until Kopech comes back. And if right. and if this just falls apart, you don't get the big free agent signings, we really sit through year three of a three-year rebuild, and you already know in June it's not working out for you. He's going to get hot in June. And he's going to be real tradable. Yeah. All right. What about the other guy we got um, right before? We haven't talked about him. Uh, we got Alex Colomb. 
you know, I was hoping we'd have like six moves here during the winter meetings, but I never got to talk to you after Cologne. What, anything interesting on him? Uh, Colum A, first major, uh, first pitcher. I keep major calling him by the wrong name. I'm calling him by the wrong name, aren't I? Well, it's Colum A. I had to look it up on Baseball Reference. They have a little uh, pronunciation guide there, which I, I point Gene Honda to every once in a while during the regular season. So, uh, Colum A, uh, the Sox got him uh, from the Mariners for Narvaez. He's the first pitcher to join the Sox with a save title since Tom Gordon in 2003. Uh, when the Sox picked up Gordon in 2003, he had led the uh, AL with 46 saves for the Red Sox in 98. And, of course, Colome led the um, AL with 47 saves for the Rays in 2017. Um, and you know what about this guy? He's really versatile. He can be both a setup guy and a closer. I know they got him to be a closer. But last year... he he became the first pitcher in major league history with at least 10 saves and 30 holes in a season. So it's good that they got that guy who's uh, versatile. And then uh, we did make a minor move for uh, Nick Goins. Is that, is that how you say that? I at least got that right. Goins, yeah. Yeah. Goins, uh, Goins, uh, real quick, really good in the central Three sixteen at guaranteed rate field, 300 at Detroit, 277 at Cleveland and 304 at Kansas city. Uh, an interesting thing I found out about him, too, he's played every position in his career but catcher and center field. He even pitched one game, and uh, it was back in 2016 in Toronto. He pitched the 18th inning of a 19-inning game uh, against Cleveland, and he got through the inning sc- scoreless. And in the next inning, Darwin Barney, another position player who pitched, got the loss. So this guy, Goins, could be a eight-position player, just much like Larry could be if they get rid of Larry you know what it sounds like what they did is they went out and found themselves a guy that hits really well against their division can play everywhere so he's more versatile and can still pitch yep. it's like they found they found Matt Davidson but with better hitting stats that I mean, instead of Matt just killing the Kansas City Royals this guy kills everybody in the central and he still yeah. pitches you know, he might, he might, he might still be able to do the same thing. I think that's interesting. The comparison, though, when you think about that, where where they let go of one guy who wasn't as versatile for another guy that pretty much is the same thing, but might be a little bit better. Awesome bench play, as they say. You need those. Now, what we need is we need an awesome superstar. Which one do you think it's going to be, Harper or Machado? I hope it's Harper. Oh, yeah. You know, I hope it's either of them. I, you know, I just, I just would love for them to sign one of them. But you know what? The optimist, optimist in me says, let's get them both. Why not, right? I mean, we had Robin and Frank at one time and Albert Bell and Frank at one time. Why not Machado and Harper? I'm hoping that I still have an invite to join you in the scoreboard this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to have you up there. I'm working on Benetti to let me into the into the booth while he's talking after he was on the show. He's a really nice guy. And, and, if, and when you're up there with me, you'll see him because we're on the same level. Yes. Yes, that's what sure. I want. I want to randomly bump into Jason Bonetti and and then just sure. have and then just have him sit there and be like, I thought I'd never see that guy after uh, after I did the <laughs> interview with him, and now he's standing Please. here staring at me. He wanted to come down to the bar. I heard, right? He did. He wanted to come down to the bar. He wants Kittle to come down too. I'm trying to organize it. It's a, it's a shot in the dark. I probably got about as good a chance of getting Bonetti and Kittle in the bar as the White Sox have of getting Machado and Harper. It's possible, but I don't know if they're just playing with me like Scott Boros plays with the uh, with the White Sox. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe if uh, if Harper and Machado sign with the Sox, that's a good sign for you to see Kittle and Jason down at your bar at the same time. Oh, forget that. If we get Harper and Machado on Harper and Machado down at my bar, those guys can wait. That's right. We'll work on that one. <laughs> 
Dave, thank you very much for joining me. All right, great talking to you. It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. I wanted to ask you what you think of a theory. James Fox from the Loop Sports joining us here on Sox in the Basement. I, I would I would love if you would just tell me what you think of my theory. Is it possible or am I a crackpot? And it, it, just follow me on this because, it, it you know, you sit around and you refresh on Twitter and you nonstop look at every little thing that comes out of the winter meetings. And you, you, start, you start trying to draw some conclusions as to what's going on. Here's the thing. The Chicago White Sox were burned by Scott Boris years ago. Uh, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf was very vocal about how he would never do a deal with him again. Now, now Boris has been t- saying how, how he and Jerry are getting along. He had his little meeting in front of the Christmas tree, blocking people from getting to their rooms in the hotel, and, and, and he mentioned Jerry and how everything's fine. They had these conversations. But, but here's my thought, just an idea for you. The White Sox in on Harper, but I'm reading that they haven't technically made an offer yet that they haven't been authorized to make the money on paper offer, that they're still kind of fleshing it out just like other teams are, but Harper knows they have the money. If that's true, thinking about what's going on at Jerry Reinsdorf and the fact that Manny Machado is coming in a couple of days, is this a smokescreen? Is it possible the White Sox have built so much hype with Harper that they're going to look at this other agent that has Machado, who I've heard all about throughout the, the meetings, has this rivalry with Scott Boros, and he's going to sit there and they're going to say, we're going to take one of you, it's going to be the first one that wants to jump at this massive contract, and that they'll actually play Boros back. Yeah, I mean, so the second part's interesting. So, I mean, I do, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they go about this. I, I think the interest in Bryce Harper is legitimate, and I think... I think the the, uh, the owner's kind of sucking one up here, taking one for the team to negotiate this deal. Because, I, I, you know, the, regardless of what you think of Bob Nightingale, um, you know, he, he throws a lot of stuff out there that isn't true. But he does have a pretty good source in the White Sox organization, and he always has. Now, I look at it and say, you know, anytime you see White Sox information out in the press, there's usually a reason for it. They're really good at, at playing the media. Um, so what I would say is when you see stuff like that, where the White Sox kind of, it kind of looks like they're tempering expectations for their fans. I don't think that's what it is. I think they're very confident that they have a high offer in and maybe the highest offer. And, you know, whether other teams believe it or not, like I think they're, you know, they do the whole like, oh, you know, we don't think we're going to get him thing, basically telling other teams like, oh, no, you don't need to up your offer. Keep your offer the same type thing. Um, I just think that I don't think Reinsdorf, I know he doesn't want to be used again necessarily. Um I guess just, I mean, he's not going to come out and say like, oh, we're front runners. And then like, you know, have like the Dodgers clear up money or something. But I do think they're in an advantageous situation here because I do believe some of the stuff that Bryce Harper, for whatever reason, does not want to play in Philadelphia. And if that's the case, then I think the Sox do have the highest offer just from um, the vantage point of like they have they have the most money. I mean, they can legit throw a 10-year deal for $350 million out there. Some of these other teams can't, or not that they can't, they can, they can do anything. But some of these teams won't do that. I mean, there's all this stuff out there about the Dodgers, the Cubs are strapped, the Yankees apparently aren't interested in Bryce Harper. I mean, he could always go back to Washington. But I think that 
I think that um, Scott Boris is having a tough time because he doesn't have like 10 teams that he can just like go to and save it and try to create like his fake bidding war. I, I think that's um, the biggest issue. The other interesting part is like Manny Machado is coming in for a visit early next week. Um, if the Harper thing's not resolved and Manny Machado wants to sign that day, like what, what happens? I mean, that's a really good question. I think you sign you know, him. I don't, I mean, even if he's your first, even if your first choice is Harper, you don't want to end up at the end of this thing with nothing, right? No, I think, I think you're right about that. I don't, I think you just don't have a choice then. You just, holy cow, like this, you know, 26 year old six war free agent, like wants to sign with us. I think you sign him, you know? So, but I mean, I don't know what's your take on the, like, cause with Harper, I mean, you know, people think it's people that aren't paying attention think it's crazy, right? Like, oh, he's not going to go to the White Sox. There's all these other teams. But, like, these other teams have issues, man. There's only so many teams in the league that can throw $350 million at this guy. And that's that's what it's going to take. I mean, sign in a three-, four-year deal with somebody it doesn't make any sense for Bryce Harper. Because what if Bryce Harper sucks? What if something happens? You don't automatically get a crack to go back into the market four years from now if, you know, if you're bad. I mean, I know that's not likely. But it could happen. I mean, this thing's going to be a 10-year deal with, with opt-outs that gives him some power where if he is good, he could opt out of it. That's an interesting point. And the first thing that popped into my brain, and, and you know, it just when I used to do morning radio, I had some great years in there. Like I, my early on in my career, I was number one. I had people calling me. They were, I had somebody give me a guaranteed contract like I was a, like I was a baseball player. Like I, I got brought into Reno, Nevada with a guaranteed contract, which is funny because when the owner came in and decided he wanted to flip the entire station and fired everybody, I was, I laughed because I'm like, you're going to pay me for another year and a half. And then he, and then he, then he fired a guy that gave me the guaranteed contract because he was mad at him for doing that. But, but like, even then when I was on top of things, if I had a bad ratings book or something wasn't going well, that little bit of doubt crept in like, Hey, if I hit my peak, am I falling off? What's going on? You know, Bryce Harper's biggest year wasn't last year. And so it was not. Right. So you would you would think to yourself that at some point he might start to fall for the courting that you're getting online where Michael Kopech is tweeting, hey, is it, it, the number's yours? Uh, uh, you all you got to do is buy me dinner. And, and, and you see like, you see all these little things that are happening, like the team and the players are almost starting to court him. Now you see him like, like mention like how much he wants to like, Hey, that's really cool. that Nikki Delmonico's playing volleyball at a white Sox beach event. I mean, you're starting to feel this flirtation happening. And I, here's the thing. I don't take any stock in people. I don't take any stock in cub fans. First of all, that laugh at the fact that the white Sox would ever be able to get a big free agent. Please, okay. These are all these are all Cub fans that are too young to remember that we used to be the team that always had good players, and they were run by the Wrigley Corporation that never wanted to do anything, okay, or the Tribune Corporation who never wanted to do anything. So I, I don't want to hear about that. And then the national media, they, half the time they forget that we even won the World Series. How many times has ESPN listed all the Chicago championships and left us out? So I don't. You can't. I think White Sox fans have started to figure that out. Nobody believes in us. So I think this would be such a boon for them. I think the White Sox realize that too. Like, what are you, you are going to energize a fan base while you're still not ready technically to compete, and you are going to have bodies in the seats. And I think that's why Jerry Reinsdorf's like, yeah, I'll cut that check. He's a shrewd businessman. You know, he gave Albert Bell he gave Albert Bell a huge contract at the time 
right after he had been angry and and had been like the guy who basically dug in his heels for the owners on the in the baseball strike, and then shortly thereafter gives a huge contract out to Albert Bell. He'll spend the money if he thinks it'll make him money. Oh, for sure. And he and look, he just got fifty. He got a fifty million dollar check from Major League Baseball Advanced Media. They got a new TV deal coming. Like the money's there, and people like to look at this and say, "Oh, thirty-five million for one player—that's crazy." Look, they consistently ran payrolls in the hundred and ten to hundred and twenty million dollar range. It doesn't matter how you get to that number. It, you know, like they're going to have nobody else really making anything. I mean, you sign a Bryce Harper, you might go sign a couple ex, couple other guys, you know, like a Nelson Cruz or something, whatever. I think Yasmani Grandel, uh, Grandel is like the idea, like we're going to get that guy as our number one catcher if we get Bryce Harper. Like, like yeah, see, that, I think, that's, I think those are the guys you go get. makes sense if they get Harper. Yeah. yeah. If you listen to Rick Hahn, like, and I know people are skeptical, and I know they were skeptical before, but they've said this for two years. This is what we're doing. Now, were the guys definitely going to come? No. Are they definitely going to come now? No, but I feel a hell of a lot better now than I, you know, than I did before. I'll tell you, me and uh, Steve Peradzinski, and he'll love this shout out. Like we, we, uh, on Twitter, he we always talk about man. If this happens, we're gonna we're gonna have to owe uh, the chairman an apology. So, you know, every day I'll apologize to him every day on Twitter if he gets Bryce Harper. I don't care. You know, that's fine. <laughs> like I'll wake up in the morning and pray to Jerry. <laughs> so what uh, what else you got? The exciting Rule Five draft today? Or oh what, come what, on! What I mean, you? that was that was. I wrote three thousand words on it. Right, you were like, you were like, this is who the Sox are getting, and then they're like, we're not getting anybody. And then even when they yeah. go out and get somebody, it's like Sox. And when it was on, right away, when it was announced, it was like likely to be moved. Now they did grab yeah. up, they grabbed up some guy from the Pirates, but I think that was in the minor yeah, league. Yeah, in the minor, yeah, it's in so, the minor league phase. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, it. I think basically what Han said. So look, I think when you got a chance to grab like a high upside bullpen arm, you just do it. I think his, I think his point is like if you get like a what Riley Farrell or whatever right there. He thinks that his Ian Hamiltons and guys like that are better than Riley Farrell. And you're using up a roster spot for no reason. So, yeah. you know, whatever, but you Fine. still have, you still have Juan Manaya on your team. Might... You still have Juan Manaya on your team, James, as long as Juan Manaya is in your bullpen, you could find a guy in rule five that could do better than him. We've, we've talked about this. Like they got, they got some fat to trim still off that 40 man. So, yeah. you know, sorry to, what new the pride of new career, but I mean Charlie Tilson's on that roster, Ian Clarkin's back on the roster. I mean look, they got they got stuff they can do. They got they got moves they can make. But apparently they got bigger fish to fry than the rule five and only only nerds like me care about it. So <laughs> I felt bad for you. I honest to goodness, like when it started, I was like, oh man, this has been so hyped. This is great. I got I got him coming on the show. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. We're gonna make a pick. He's gonna break it all down. He did everything, and then like nothing. And I was like, no. Well, the good thing about it is I didn't have to write it up after. So yeah, it saved you. You know, there's there's always that. Like I didn't have to do anything after because they didn't add anybody. <laughs> well, I almost I almost didn't do a show tonight. Because I was like, well, not very much happened after the last one that I did. But then I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, well, you know, I can go sit down in the bar. I can have a beer. The the wife and the 13-year-old are arguing with each other all day today. And then and there's, like, this screaming back and forth. I heard a three-year-old, even during this interview, running across the, the upstairs floor being chased by his mother who, after he jumped out. I, th- I think he jumped out of the bathtub and he was naked running across above my head upstairs so i'd much rather be doing the show even if they didn't do anything yeah yeah makes sense (laughs) hey man thanks so much for coming on again 
Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime. All right. That's James Fox from the Loop Sports. What's your next big article? You got something you're working on? Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get something on Harper and Machado together. I'm trying to take a bunch of quotes and splice them all together and kind of tell Sox fans to just stop freaking out, like, after everything that you see. <laughs> Sorry about that. The, Don't worry uh, about it. Roller, I have a the, three-year-old. The you have a puppy. Of, yeah, the roller coaster of emotions that they go on for one news report after another. They're out. They're in. They're out. They're being cheap. They're not being cheap. Oh my God, he's going to just relax. Like this is this is it's reached the negotiate through the media stage, which is a good thing because that means it's almost over. I think they're in. They're in. They're and you know what they can do that other teams can't do. They can sit there and wait this out as long as it takes because if they don't get them. It's it's Harper Machado or bust, and 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 they're fine with they're fine with doing another year of a rebuild and getting the young talent up and suffering through 2019 because their plan was 2020 anyway and taking a swing at Nolan Arenado who the Rockies are never going to get signed after he watched the fervor over these two guys and so they'll sit back and they'll wait. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not like they have to they have to hurry up and get Harper signed because if he doesn't sign, they got to go sign Michael Brantley. And I'm pretty sure that's not happening. I and mean, that's just not going to be in their cards. They're not going to, you know, pay money for short term upgrades, even though you can make the argument that you might want to be a little bit better, you know, regardless. But you know, that's things, fine. Things I hope we don't have to talk about because we're going to get Harper or Machado. Pretty much, and I promise I'll I'll come back on when they when they get one of them. Hopefully, it's soon. So. Yes, that's awesome. And then also, we're uh, we're already starting to make our Sox Fest plans. So uh, once once we've got that all lined up, our intention is to be there. I've been dealing with yeah. this awesome promotional company that is going to. We're giving away some free stuff. Sweet, I'll be I'll be there. So. We're hoping to have some sort of an event out there as well. Dave and I are both going. We're going to share a room with each other. It's going to be a little weird. It's going to, you know, we, we used to do sleepovers as kids. He, he's kind of a, I don't know, it's, he's a weirdo to sleep in the same room with. So, I mean, but we're we're doing it. So we're we're coming. Saxon basically, I can't bring the bar, but I can bring the microphones. We're coming. Right. One one double bed, right? Yeah. For sure. Well, we're going to snug. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. It's, it's the only way to stay warm in January. <laughs> another show is wrapped up another show's in the books another show is wrapped up and then by the looks it's gonna be a good one and we'll see you next week and the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.